And we're back on this Wednesday with vaccine researcher and family physician, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. And Dr. Gorfinkel, Pfizer has provided an update on their vaccine and Omicron. Can you tell us uh, what they've discovered? What's the latest there? So this is based on not real world data, but data that was collected in the laboratory. Big difference. But what information we have is this. They basically found that two doses is still highly effective, but three doses is way better. They found that after that third dose, that booster shot, a 25-time increase in the number of neutralizing antibodies. So that's exciting, but what we really need is the real-world data to direct us. That's the final word on it. It's not a measurement of antibodies because we know antibodies actually fluctuate and they fluctuate a lot. After getting a vaccine, yeah, we expect the antibody level to go up and it naturally goes down as memory B cells increase. And that's the thing. Those are the cells that actually make the antibodies. And on top of it, there's another kind of immunity. So it's really hard to simplify it or overly reduce it into just one measure. But that's basically what they found. So it is an interesting and hopeful finding. It probably does prevent hospitalization, but to the degree that it will present, prevent mild to moderate disease still remains undetermined. And when you say real world data, we need that not in the lab. What do you mean by that exactly? When it's real world, real world data, are we talking about... Uh, finding uh, test subjects, or is this just uh, releasing it to the public and then tracking it? Yeah, real-world data is what happens in the real world. What happens after many people have been vaccinated? Are they going to have less severe disease? Are they going to be better protected? Are they going to wind up in hospital less and die less frequently? That's called real-world data. And some of the real-world data we have now, of course, on Pfizer with previous variants is absolutely phenomenal. But the scary thing that makes us a little leery about Omicron is that it's all new. We actually don't have real-world data to go on. And that's why we're just hanging on every word that Pfizer or Moderna may deliver about laboratory samples that are actually very small. All right, since we're talking about vaccines, this is very exciting. Out of Hamilton, researchers at McMaster, they've been approved to begin human trials on two Canadian-made uh, COVID vaccines that actually are delivered uh, by inhaled aerosol. Can you tell us why this is so exciting? Yeah, this is really cool. So basically, you're, you know, they've got 30 test subjects, and this is a phase one trial. So they're just trying to figure out the dosing used. But the idea is you're not inhaling the virus, you're inhaling the protein, and not just the spike protein, but two other proteins as well. And the thinking is you inhale it, and then your body develops a strong immune response to it. And so they will be measuring things like neutralizing antibodies just to see how effective these are. You know, and also, of course, check the safety in these 30 healthy volunteers. Will it be a thing? We don't know, but it is pretty exciting. And is this going to be really helpful down the road if uh, all goes uh, well here that uh, we can administer this ourselves uh, at home and those that uh, don't like uh, needles might be more apt to take the vaccine? Absolutely. That's, that's in theory. Now understand that this trial does not look at individuals who are unvaccinated. This trial is looking at the use of the inhaled as a booster shot. So it's an inhaled vaccine to be used after Pfizer 
or uh, I think it was AstraZeneca was given. You know, so they're not giving it to just anybody. They're giving it to people who have already been vaccinated to see its effect as a booster shot. Okay, that's at McMaster and Hamilton. Meanwhile, in Quebec, we've also got news this week about a Quebec-made plant-based vaccine that's showing some promise. You know, it's interesting. There are a lot of different vaccinations out there that are showing good promise. But understand, these are very early in trials. And for every single one of them that tries, most of them are going to fail. They're not going to succeed. It's interesting. We hear about Pfizer. We hear about Moderna. And it gives us the sense that all vaccines that are tested are effective or a high proportion of them. But understand, we never hear about the thousands, and it is in the thousands, of failures that have been tried that just never came to fruition. And why is it a plant-based vaccine? What's the advantage with that, Dr. Gorfinkel? Well, if you have a plant, you know, the hope is that it will not affect humans the same way that a human virus might. You know, so that's the idea. If you're dealing with a plant, it's completely different. So therefore, less potential for toxicity. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, finally, I read this with uh, some interest uh, yesterday that uh, COVID vaccine antibody levels are actually uh, higher among those who have been vaccinated in the afternoon. So do we believe, do we think the time of day when you receive, say, your booster shot, that that makes a difference? Yeah, this was a really interesting study. They basically took 20, about 2,200 healthcare workers and checked their antibody levels after getting vaccinated. And they compared what time of the day did they receive the, the vaccine. And what they found is that those who received it between 3 and 9 p.m. had higher antibody levels, significantly higher. And, and the thing about it is it's not ready for prime time. First of all, a previous study said, no, it's better to be vaccinated in the morning. But other problems, you know, they didn't take into consideration sleep patterns of these healthcare workers. They didn't break it down or control for their past medical history. Well, these things really play a role in how likely somebody is to have a good antibody response. So is it ready for prime time? Should we run to get our booster shots only between three and nine? Absolutely not. I mean, it, it, it may be eventually question mark, but the biggest advice I could give is make sure you get a good night's sleep the night before because sleep does help antibody response. We know that, as does exercise. Really basic kind of things. These are the, these are the things we know. What's in the purse as opposed to theoretical, maybe. It's an interesting study, but not quite ready for prime time. All right. It's always a good time of day to catch up with Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. Dr. Gorfinkel, appreciate the update as always. Thanks so much for joining us again on this Wednesday. Many thanks. It's always a pleasure. That is vaccine researcher, family physician, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel with us. We'll get a break here on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.